Thanks for checking out this weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit carrolltonumc.com. We hope you enjoy this message. He came down ill yesterday, and he says, Papa, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. But he's here, and so we're going to let him present today's scripture passage. Hello? Okay. I shall read for you from New International Version of Exodus 20, verses 1 through 17. It is a set of Ten Commandments from God. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make, make yourself an image in the form of anything heaven above or on earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them. Or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God. For the Lord will not be will not hold any guilt, guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreign residing in your own towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that, so that you may live in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Very good. Let us have a prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask, oh God, what do you want from us? What is it that you expect us to do? We recognize, Lord, that our religion is not what we do in this sanctuary. Our religion is how we live our lives moment to moment, how we touch the lives of others. Let us be truly religious, Lord. Let us hear your words 
Let us obey your commands joyfully. This we pray in the name of the risen Christ Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Human beings have been around quite a while, but those called Homo sapiens, the group that we're in, that's been about 200,000 years. That's quite a stretch. But in all that time, it's only been since 3500 BC that we dare say that we are civilized people. I dispute that a little bit, but uh, that's a whole nother thing. In the land where Abraham and his father are from, the land of Sumer, the lead city, <clears throat> the city of Ur, there was a gentleman whose name was Urnamu, and we are blessed to have his set of laws, which are the oldest that we've yet found that govern a community. The city where Abraham's family had one of their headquarters. When you look at the laws from that place, example, the laws of Hammurabi, and it's Hammurabi, not Hammurabi, but again, that's another thing. What you see is the God handing to him the ring and the staff of the law. None of these people who had all this power over other individuals dared say, these are my laws. They all said, these are the laws given to me by the God who owns this land, its resources, and its people. And I am simply the one who has been chosen to enforce these laws. So this is a long tradition, long before people like Abraham or even a twinkle in their father's eye. But <clears throat> something very unique happened with this passage that you just heard. Yahweh gave to his people a set of rules personally. Now, wasn't something carved on a steel? Wasn't something written on a scroll? It was something pronounced from the very verse of God. Most extraordinary. These 10 commandments would grow. They would grow into 365 mitzvah that told you what you are not to do. And there would be 298 things that said what you are to do. You see, one of the reasons why people like Ezra and Nehemiah kept saying, you really can't marry other people's women was because your religion had to be something you grew up in that was second nature and goodwill efforts where you had the father present one day out working the other six and only teaching the laws to his children on the Sabbath. And then six days, the pagan wife was teaching the children 
they were turning out to be six parts pagan, one part Jewish. So this business of the law is something that's very, very integral to the very nature of what it means to be someone who is of that body of the elect. Jesus lived, worshiped, died, and resurrected as a Jew. We are now under what we say is a new covenant, but it doesn't mean that we walk away from the Ten Commandments. Because, you see, saying that the great commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself to do so unselfishly, wholesomely, means that you do these ten things that were read to you as a natural and normal matter of course. He says, listen to me. Understand what you've been up to. It's natural curiosity to, to want to see and know and understand. But you see, you're making mistakes. You see, a power that can control an element in nature, you're deifying. You're making the sun that gives energy and warms the earth and let crops comes up. It's merely a lantern that I hung in the ceiling of the firmament. But you're treating it as a god. The god that Abraham's parents worshipped. The God Nana in the city of Ur, the God of the moon and time and the tides and countless other little things that matter to them. He says, that's not a God. It's again a light that I created. Didn't you remember what happened in Egypt? You were saying, oh, the Egyptians are the richest people in the world. The Egyptians are the most powerful people in the world. The Egyptians are the smartest people in the world. And you know why? Because the Egyptians have a God for everything that looks out for them and helps them. And God said, okay, let me show you about these so-called great gods. And he took their greatest gods on. These things that we talked about are the miracles and the wonders. Those are cosmic battles. You know, when Aaron walks over, he doesn't dip the rod into the waters of the Nile. He rears back and stabs it because there's supposed to be a god, Hapi, who controls the river and gives them all of the crops and the fish and a safe transport. The river's turning red because the spirit of that god has been pierced by the power of God Yahweh, and the river bleeds. He says, you see, it's not really what you thought, is it? It's on and on, example after example, saying those things are not gods. Do not deify these things. Do not worship them. Do not give them power over you in your life. I have shown you where the power is. And I've shown you that it cannot be met or excelled. And that that power is a loving power. 
a power that will reach out to you and redeem you. He said, but now look, don't go making little things that you think look like me. Don't you make little things that you think look like little aspects of me because it's a trap. You see, we always want to have something to focus. It says, focus belongs here within. If you look in here, you'll find me. You don't have to go make a thing to concentrate and focus on. Listen, now listen to me, guys. There's some things you shouldn't be doing. He said, I've told you to kill people. Why? Because I gave those people an opportunity to be and do good. I blessed those people. They perverted those blessings into things that are harming others and that are laying waste all of the divine good that can be had by them and their neighbors. And they won't relent and they're pressing forward, building empires and incorporating people into this. That must be stopped here now. I will not allow more rotten apples to be put into the basket. So that is this thing about just wars. He says, you cannot commit a murder. You cannot steal a life that I place into someone because it somehow other seems to materially benefit you or satisfy your passions. It's just not to be done. He said, don't look at your neighbor and say, why does he have it and I don't have it? Why do I have the little skinny wife? He's got the big fine one. Why does he have the nice horse and I got the scrawny little donkey? He said, Satan is tricking you. Do you realize that there's some people with no feet who don't have a donkey and don't have feet to go anywhere? You're being deceived. Don't get tricked. He said, people work hard to accumulate things by honest labor. And people steal it. They're doing something that not only harms the person they take things from, they're hurting themselves. Because now they're devaluing the gifts that we've given them to be contributing productive people. Don't do it. There's a way for you to accumulate honestly the desires of your heart. But you're paying attention to the wrong people. Satan rewards his people. <laughs> That's why you drive a Ford and the crooks and the pimps and the dope dealers, they drive Cadillacs until they go to Angola and wait for me to come teach them something. So understand the game. It's a game. It's called a game of life. Know what is there is there with a plan for you to reap the benefits of the love of God that says, this is how you do the thing. 
Don't kidnap people. Don't do things that knock out of balance a wholesome relationship of one person to the other. Now, some of the things they said we love because they sued us. Don't commit adultery. Only women could commit adultery. Men couldn't commit adultery because adultery was a property violation. Adultery allowed a false heir to be created that could take all of a family's accumulations. So that's what they're worried about. They're not worried about the fine, upstanding character. They worry about, she's going to wind up giving out stuff to somebody else. Now we have what moved forward, and we say adultery is a violation of the sworn sacred trust that have bound you together and love for a lifetime in the name of God. Do not violate that. We've gotten a little more sophisticated. We've gotten a little better educated. And we've gotten a little worse in obeying the commandment. But understand this. We could sit here and analyze every word of this, and it would take us years. The people whose lives are doing nothing else. But again, why was it that the Christ said to you, be perfect in love? If you love, you don't do these things. You look for the opportunity to make someone happy, healthy, whole, hopeful. And most of the time, it doesn't cost you anything. What does God want from you? He wants you to be humble. He wants you to be aware. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't pass up opportunities to do the right thing. Be God's instrument for power to do what it is supposed to do in the world. Let God work in your life. The devil has never taken a coffee break. He doesn't go on vacation. He doesn't go sit on the toilet till he gets a horseshoe on his butt. He works hard. He is always paying attention to the details. He knows you. He knows this book better than you do. And he is going to give every opportunity his full attention. So, what does God want from you? He wants you to love and strive for perfection and love. Let all of God's people say, Amen.